Take a chance. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You are in a land away from sunlight. You are in a land of darkness and fear. Somewhere between waking and sleeping are night terrors. Night terrors. An anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, Love and Murder. Written by Ellie Hirschman. Max. Max Herring. A good partner. Honest. Smart. He's a hell of a nice guy. He's got a wife, Celia. Sweetest woman you'll ever meet. Except you'll never meet her. Because she's dead. Meet Jim and Max. Together with Max's wife, Celia, they run a moderately successful dressmaking company. They have all they could want. Who could ask for more? Well, Jim could for one. It's the height of the dark con days, and Jim thinks he'll make a killing. He's right. He makes such a killing that he finds it necessary to visit the confessional. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a long time since my last confession. I stopped going to church a long time ago. But um, I really feel I need to get this off my chest. Thanks for agreeing to meet with me at night, so uh, no one else is around. Mm Mm-hmm. What's wrong, Father? Cat got your tongue. You're the one who needed to talk. Oh, right. Well, I called you as soon as I got in. This has been bugging me since it all went down, and no one's ever heard what really happened. Hell, what I did. Pardon the language, Father. More of a listener than a talker, eh, Father? Okay. Guess I'll get right into it, then. I have had a business partner. His name is Max. He's a good partner. Honest, smart, a photographic memory. And, uh, well, he's a hell of a nice guy. He'd never do the thing I said he did. And he'd never wait. 
I'm getting ahead of myself. Max. Max Herring. He's got a wife, Celia. Sweetest woman you'll ever meet. Except you'll never meet her, because she's dead. Okay, getting ahead of myself again. Let me... Whew, a lot of story to tell. Let me start at the beginning. Max and I ran, run, a moderately successful garment business. Herring and Gerard Dressmakers. Used to be just the Herrings that Max brought me on board. He and his wife Celia had been doing small jobs. And from the time I began to back him financially, they were really able to make things happen. Max and I were equal partners, but with different roles. Max dealt with suppliers, always had a fine eye for fabric and the art of haggling down to a science. I managed the books, and the loans and expenses, that sort of thing. I was always trying to think more of the broader picture, trying to make money with money. I had just learned some things about investment trends at the time, and was pushing Max on this high-tech stock I had my eye on. Max, I'm telling you, it can't fail. This is the safest investment you can make. Jim, you don't know that. You don't know anything about technology. This is my nephew's company. He's got a few employees, low overhead. They've got stockholders all over the world. In business four months and they already had their IPO. You know what an IPO is, Max? Something good, I assume. IPO is when the company turns public. Not private, self-owned, serving a small set of clients, like we do. We have a dedicated set of clients who rely on us, give us steady business, and refer us to their friends. But a public company serves a much greater audience. People actually want to invest in a company that has an IPO. Okay, so they had this IPO. What exactly do they do? I'm not sure of the specifics, but they're very involved in the Internet. You know how you always see the uh, dot-com on all the ads these days? So they're one of the dot-coms. Yeah! You can't get more high-tech than that. And already there are a bunch of dot-coms making millions, with stocks going through the roof. Don't you read the financial papers, Max? Yes, Jim. I, I've never read an article or editorial that said that dot-com companies are sure wins. Have you? Max, my nephew showed me what they've got on their computers. The work they do. It would make your eyes pop. Trust me, this is the future. Jim, if you're sure about this, take the money and invest it. The company's half yours anyway. I appreciate you coming to me. You'll see, Max. This is going to be big. I told you, I want to reinvest the money I make back into our business. This is going to give us some serious capital to work with. You and Celia and I are going to be rolling in it. Sure, Jim. Just be careful is all. Ah, uh, Jim. How's your back these days? Celia, soon I'll have enough money to buy a new back. And a new sewing machine for you to work your magic with. Jim and I worked out an arrangement. He's going to invest in a promising internet company. Internet? The internet is profitable? Isn't that just the place with all the pornography? <laughs> No, Celia. The internet is for legitimate business, too. Well, speaking of legitimate business, one of the ladies from my bridge club recommended my services for her neighbor's daughter's wedding. That's 15 bridesmaids' dresses. Marvelous. 
Some plus sizes in there, too, from what I hear. Wonderful. While I'm thinking long-term with investments, you two keep building our client base. I'm telling you, we're gonna be bigger than big. And we would have kept getting bigger, too. Celia was a wizard with dressmaking. And Max knew plenty of fabric suppliers at good rates. And he kept them happy. He had a way with people. But of course... Say dot com to a stockbroker today, and he'll jump like you just threatened to shoot him. Max warned me as we started to lose money, but I was sure it would bounce back. I rode that ship all the way down. I couldn't face Max after I lost it all. I had been overeager, stupid. I had my pride. I knew I needed to make it back, and then some. If just to save face. <sighs> I'd been approached a few times by some uh, less than reputable businessmen. Said they had some quick ways to make some real money. Illegal, of course, so I always brushed them off. Now, of course, I was desperate. I took part in a sale of illegal guns. Well pretty much handled the entire sale. My take was going to be, well, let's just say I would have covered my losses just fine and put a bit of profit on top. I was home free, and Max would never need to know. It was a one-shot solution to my problem. My only mistake was not waiting till I got home that night to give my contact a call. Max was out of state in a new supplier he'd brought on. Uh, rhinestones or some damn thing. I thought Celia had gone home an hour before. I was arranging the final trip to Columbia, where I would actually carry out the gun sale. I never would have dialed that number if I knew she could hear every word I said. Have a car waiting for me at the airport. Now, Carlos will meet me at the contact point with the shipment? Shipment, package, whatever. I know you can't ship guns by the post office. That's why your friend the courier is bringing them. Yeah. If they're like the ones you sent me, then we'll be fine. Okay, okay. So the buyer is to have the money with him, then. Listen. I thought we agreed it could be wired to my account. Whatever. As long as it makes me the money I was promised. Okay. I'll let you know as I get underway in the morning. So you sell guns now? Jesus! Celia, you scared the- Does Max know what you're doing? <laughs> Celia, it's not what you think. And what should I think? You tell me and Max you're going to spend a few days down by the coast, and here I find you talking about flying to Columbia selling guns. Is this your idea of honest business? Celia, look, I can explain. You don't need to. I can put it all together now. You lost our money in that bum dot dot investment, didn't you? It's dot com, Celia, and- And so you're trying to make your money back like this. Does Max know his partner is a crook? Look, Celia, I didn't know how to tell Max. Let's just keep this between us, and soon all the money will be repaid. It'll be like it never happened. I can't pretend I didn't just hear you on the phone with illegal gun dealers. This whole business is tainted by you. I had a feeling you would get into something like this. Celia, try to understand. Understand what? 
That you rushed into a foolish investment? That you refused to see that it was going to crash even when Max warned you? Now, my husband has a criminal for a partner. What else have you been doing that we don't know about? Celia, I assure you, I've never done anything like this before. Just... just keep it quiet and I'll make it up to you. I don't want your dirty money! I'm calling the cops, and then I'm calling Max. No, Celia, don't. Get off of me! Celia, listen to reason! You maniac, let go! Celia, for God's sake! <coughs> Shut up, Celia! What's the matter with you? Ah! <coughs> 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 oh my... Oh my god. I guess one criminal act leads to another, huh? I just killed my partner's wife. My friend's wife. I knew I had to do something or else it would look even worse for me. I knew it would be about an hour before Max got back. He'd called before he set out on the road. Said he was going to detour for a nice supper. So I brought her body back to Max's house and hid it in the attic. I knew that wasn't enough, though. I was the only one around that day. We were both in the store, so I'd be a suspect for sure. Max, though. Max was on the road, in a restaurant in Nowheresville. He'd have no witnesses, no alibi for his whereabouts between the time he left the client and when he got home. I put in an anonymous call to the police department from a payphone telling him that I heard screams coming from the house and that they should check the upper floors. As I packed my suitcase that night, I heard the sirens. I knew Max was taking the fall for me, but I didn't know what else to do. I left for Columbia feeling guilty as hell. I was there about a month and the feeling only got worse. I knew I had to talk to someone as soon as I got back. So, as soon as I got back in, I arranged for our little meeting here. I realize we've only met a few times, but I remembered your name, and... Well, I can't just confess something like this to someone I don't know at all. Phew. I, uh... I guess I feel a little better now that the story is told. Still. What do I do now? <clears throat> Well, having heard the whole story now, it seems to me you have three options. You can go to the authorities, clear your partner's name, step up like a good Christian, and take what's coming to you, rather than letting an innocent man suffer for your sins. But I think we both know you'll probably not do that. You'd probably prefer to write it out, let Max rot in jail, while you put together the pieces of the business you and he built together. Everything will end happily for you. Won't it, Jim? Max? How did you... You needed someone to talk to. You figured a priest would listen without telling. So you called Father Nelson, someone you knew in passing. Not well. Someone you could entrust to listen and absolve, but never tell. Uh, I... I uh, well, Jim, I bet you didn't know that I knew Father Nelson pretty well. Good friend of mine. And particularly a good friend of Celia's. You're not the only one who can confide in a priest, you know. You knew? When? 
I knew as soon as I called home from the road that night and Celia wasn't there. We'd made plans for the night. She wouldn't have missed it for anything. That's when I knew something happened. She was only supposed to be at the store for 15 minutes, picking up a few files for me. The cop showed up just a few minutes after I walked in. Didn't even have the chance to take off my coat. <laughs> Guess it looked to them like I was about to make a run for it. How could you do it, Jim? <laughs> Max, it all happened so fast. I'm sorry. It happened so fast? Those investments took three months to bottom out. I followed the stock in the papers. You never told me a thing. The illegal gun sales, the cover-up after you murdered Celia. All this took time to plan and carry out. You've lied to me plenty, Jim. Let's not hear any more lying. I, I'm sorry, Max. Sorry? Maybe, but it's too late for sorry, Jim. What are you going to do? The door's locked from the outside, Jim. Confessionals don't usually have locks on them, I know, but Father Nelson was able to make an exception for me. A dispensation, you might say. Max! Remember when I said there were three options? The third one involves you on a slab. While you were out of the country, I made bail. I'm not considered a flight risk, not at my age, not with my health problems. I'm under my own custody until the trial. As soon as I was free, I paid a little visit to your place. I remembered the little secret room you showed me when you first bought the place. Nice stash of guns back there now, eh? Oh, God. Now, I had time to think and plan as well. These guns are unregistered, of course. Christ, they're illegal. Anyway, if the cops ever found one of those next to a victim, they'd probably assume it was some gun dealer or criminal who did it. Like your friends that sold you this one. And of course, all they have to do is ID your body, then search your place to see the stash in the secret room. Oh, I left the door open. Silly me. Oh. They'd either figure you were a dealer and a client double-crossed you, or that your dealer came after you when you couldn't pay. I, of course, have spent this entire evening alone with my beloved friend and priest, Father Nelson. He really is such a good friend. So, Max, this is all just a big mistake. I know it all sounds bad, but we can fix all of this. Well, I fixed my end of it. I think I may even beat the charges on Celia's death. My photographic memory, right? I told my lawyer the name and location of the rest stop I hid on the way back from our supplier. They'll have video of me getting gas and taking a leak real close to the time I was supposed to have killed Celia. But, uh, how you gonna fix Celia, Jim? Max, I'll make it up to you. You can have the business. And the money. No, Jim. I think Celia would have wanted it this way. She always wanted me to stand up for myself. <laughs> Celia? How am I doing, honey? I did it. I stood up for myself. And for you. God forgive me.
So you see, Jim did make a killing, and Max? Well, it's circumstances like this that turn saints into sinners. And poor Celia, what can one say except... When you were thinking that it was safe to poke your head out from underneath the covers, here's another little tale of woe. Honey? <clears throat> Jamie, did you say something? Jay? Honey, was that you? Wake up, Jamie. Dead. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Jay! You're threatening me! What? Is this about my new job again? Honey, the marriage counselor said... No, no. You just said, I'll kill you. What? That's ridiculous. I didn't say anything. I was asleep. I know what I heard. You threatened to kill me. That's crazy. I would never say that. I love you. I'm not going to kill you. <sighs> Sweetie, you're just dreaming or something. Can we get back to sleep? Easy for you to say. Good night, Burl. Now what was that all about? Jamie, Jamie, you're talking in your sleep. Uh. Jamie, wake up, Jay. You're dreaming. I know I was. I was dreaming about Russell Crowe. Uh, let me sleep. Good night, world. Jay, you're really freaking me out here. What's going on here? I mean, I know our marriage is under stress lately, but there's never been anything like this. If anything, I've always been the one to fly off the handle and say crazy things. 
I mean, she never lets me live down the time the boiler blew and I ran half a mile down the road before realizing it wasn't a terrorist attack. But Jay's always been the level-headed, serious one. She's never said anything to me she didn't mean. So, if she's saying she'll kill me, then... You're dead, girl. Damn it, Jamie! What's wrong with you? Will you stop saying that? No. You're a worthless man, Pearl. What? Jamie. Why are you doing this? Just speaking the truth, Pearl. You're a pathetic failure. A waste. Jamie, what the hell? Come on. Admit it. You are worthless. Who should know better than me, Burrow? <laughs> this is nuts. You're out of control. Stop saying those things. And that voice. Burrow the pushover. That's what I call you in my head. Everyone you work with walks all over you. <laughs> You've told me enough times. Shut up! Working late nights whenever anyone tells you to. We've discussed that. Jumping through hoops like a little dog looking for love and acceptance. Stop it! But you'll never be promoted, Burl. You know why? Because no one wants to work with a pathetic, sniveling... How dare you! <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Shut the hell up! <laughs> Fat! <laughs> Impotent. We discussed that. Stop it. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Jay? Jamie? Jamie! Jamie, wake up! Honey, I'm sorry, you just... You just kept saying those awful... Jamie? Come on, Jay. Come on, Jamie. I'm sorry. Speak to me! Jay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Burl. Thank you, Burl. The perfect pawn. Jay? You're alive? No. At least you can do something right. When you killed Jamie, she stayed dead. And now, I control her body. What? Jay? What are you saying? Well, I guess I overestimated you again, bro. Jamie is dead. Don't you get it? Who... Who are you? What are you? <laughs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you. 
You're small-minded, girl. I've watched you long enough to know that. The insults again. I don't care what you think of me. I... I don't know what's going on. Who are you, and what have you done with Jamie? I've done nothing but push your buttons, bro. You took care of Jamie for me. Now my spirit is in this body. Her body. I can do what I came to this world to do. Spirit? This is... You're lying. Who are you? What did you come here to do? My task here is not your concern. Suffice it to say, you'd try to stop me, as anyone living on this planet would, if they wanted to continue living, that is. But you should know, I never lie, girl. Everything I said is true. And everything I said about you is true as well. From the time my spirit entered your wife's body, I've been watching you closely. You are pathetic. You are worthless. And I am going to kill you, Burl. No! Get away from me! whoever else I need to kill as well to accomplish my task. <laughs> Good night, girl. <laughs> participant in the trouble tonight? Or did she just do whatever the spirit moved her to do? <laughs> you have been listening to Night Terrors. Love and Murder written by Ellie Hirschman. Featured in the cast were Mark Kalita as Jim, Jim Barber as Max, Kara Dennison as Celia, Laura Post as Jamie, and Jamie Bruno as Burl. The series was produced and directed by Mark Brzee. Post-production was supervised and realized by Chris Snyder. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. And so, until next time, sleep well.
The following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters, if you create audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la-la-ing now. I can't hear you. Got my ears covered. la la